Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to the broadcast today. We're teaching on Romans. We're in chapter 6. This is part 7. And uh, I've got a special guest with me today, home from Jimmy Swaggart Bible College on spring break this week. And so I, I'm enjoying the company of Andrew. And <clears throat> he ministered for us last night here at Crossway Church. And I thought I'd just see if I could drag him on into the broadcast this morning. And, and uh, you got anything you'd like to say, Andrew? Thanks for having me, and uh, thanks for tuning in today. Amen. And uh, Andrew's really being blessed down in Bible College, and and uh, just feeling the Lord's filling his heart with the with the Word of God, and I'm thankful for what He's doing in his life there. Uh, before we dig into this uh, sixth chapter of Romans, and we will be in verse six, by the way, when we get there. Just want to make note: we still got some of these books. That I wrote, all God's works are done in truth. Psalms 33, 4 tells us that. And if all God's works are done in truth, that means God doesn't work outside of truth. So it's important for us to understand Jesus said he's the truth. And what makes him the truth to us is what he did at Calvary. And once you understand that, confusion will begin to leave. And clarity, by the anointing of the Holy Spirit... Well, he will begin to share with you and reveal to you the truth of God's Word and exactly how God works. You need this book. It's only $15. You can go to the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. Donate. Tell us what you want. Make sure your address is in there. We'll get it out to you. Along with our newest 11 CD preaching series, the newest series that we've done, The Cross Life. And uh, it's 11 CDs, $25. You'll help us do what we're doing, and you'll be blessed. Have something to play going down the road in your car or truck. And uh, you need to understand this cross life. It is the life of a Christian. Uh, and so I just want to make sure it's offered to you today, $25. The website, again, thecrosswaychurch.com. And you can donate there. Tell us what you want. Make sure your address is there. We'll get it to you. And uh, we're just excited to be here today. Let's go ahead and jump in this morning. Romans chapter 6, verse 6. And it says this. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that from henceforth we should not serve sin. Now I have to say, over the last 14 years, I've come to understand that Romans chapter 5, 6, really 7 and 8, these chapters right here, really inside these four chapters, especially Romans chapter 6 is the core chapter uh, that really shows what the doctrine of the whole Bible is. It's, it shows the doctrine of the whole Bible that every other doctrine in God's word, the doctrine of faith, the doctrine of, of grace, and all these doctrines, these uh, doctrines we call them, they have to be tied. They're all tied to Romans chapter 6 because Romans chapter 6 is what is where we learn how to live for God, how these things we read about in God's word apply to our lives. And so, you know, the first, the first word in chapter 6, Andrew, is really key. The first two were knowing this, verse 6 rather, knowing this. This is something you have to know, not read, not hear somebody else tell you. This is something you have to know. You know, the Bible says Adam knew his wife and she conceived. There's something about that word knowing. 
It's, 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 it's called uh, partaking of. If you know something, you become a part of something. Right. Yeah, and uh, this verse, like you said, knowing this, and Paul says that throughout Romans 6, because this is, like you said, the core chapter that ties all doctrine together. And the use of knowing and know and, and what and don't you know, that lets us know that everything written in Romans 6 is really, it's essential to our Christian lives. And we need to be able to, like you said, not only read it, but understand it. Yeah, yeah. If, if all I ever do is read the Bible and I'm, and, and I'm proud of myself and that I've read the Bible, I've read my chapter today, you know, that, that's really not saying very much. I have to allow the Holy Spirit to teach me the Word. He's the only one that can. And uh, we're called to be students of the Word. Uh, and when we study the Word, then the Holy Spirit will impart to us from the Word of what we need and, and the way we could put it spiritually speaking this morning is the Bible says the word of God is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That means without the word of God, I won't even realize I've got feet that need to be running a race and, and I surely won't have the path uh, laid before me where I can see it. It takes the word of God for us to be able to even know we're on a path as Christians and number two, uh, to see the path. Without the word, we won't see the path. We won't know the path, and we'll be carried off down to other uh, th down other paths that are really <clears throat> not the paths of the Lord. You know, there's only one path of the Lord, and that's the path of righteousness that He leads us down. And uh, and that's why I always go back to Proverbs eight and eight, something that Andrew and I both have have come to understand that it need, this needs to be taught in every Christian circle around the world that all the words of God's mouth are in righteousness. And that means that every word in your Bible, everything God has ever spoken, is it is truth. His words are truth, but they're in righteousness. That means they're tied to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because Romans 1, 16 and 17 says the, the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel from faith to faith. And faith comes by hearing, Romans 10, 17, and hearing by the word of God that's in righteousness. So if we will have our faith in the sacrifice of Christ, then the Holy Spirit can teach us God's word in righteousness and lead us in that path of righteousness. And then this word knowing becomes really a whole lot more important to us. And like you said, Paul said it several times, don't you know? This means, you know, and you don't if you're not applying this. If you're not applying this, if you're not partaking of this, then you don't know. It's like people say, well, I know I, know I need to be in church, but, I, you know, I hadn't been in church. No, you don't know. They don't know that they need to be in church. When they get in church, that's the manifestation of I know I need to. <laughs> so, and, and let's read this. Knowing this, this is what you have to know. That our old man is crucified with him. Talking about Christ. Christ came and on the cross he represented the entirety of all sin, all sinners, all bondages, all the, the entire package of sin, mainly the sin nature. He crucified the old man. When God saw his son dying on the cross for us, 
he saw all those who would believe in him dying with him. And those are the ones who step into this place of knowing. We know that our old man was crucified with Christ. That now the life we live in this flesh body, it's no longer who we used to be. Now the life we live, it's really not us. The Paul said it's Christ living in us. And the life we live now, it's by the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us, Galatians 2.20. And you can know that Jesus died for your sins and believe that and go to heaven, but until you begin to understand that you died with him, you're never going to understand sanctification and how to live for God. That's true. And uh, in this verse, the second part of it says that the body of sin might be destroyed. Mm. Like you were just saying, we're crucified with Christ, and we have to know that. And we also have to understand that this isn't saying the sin nature is totally eradicated or done away with. Mm. But uh, in our Romans class in Bible college this year, Brother Larson has taught us that death changes relationships. Mm -hmm. So when you die, the next verse, I won't get into it because we're on verse 6 today, but it says, For he that is dead is freed from sin. Mm -hmm. So when you're crucified with Christ and you die, your relationship with the sin nature is dead. But the sin, think about it as a, an outlet and a, a plug being unplugged from an outlet. They're, it's still there, and, and, and it, you have access to the sin nature, and you can very much so revive it, as Romans 7 talks about taking occasion by law mm. if you put your faith in anything other than Calvary. But it says that the, body, that the body of sin might be destroyed, which means to be rendered idle or useless. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like the Bible also says Jesus destroyed the works of the devil. He said, that's why I came. One of the reasons he came uh, is to destroy the works of the devil. But there's still a devil. The devil can still lie. Peter said he goes around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He can still devour folks that believe his lies. But he's been destroyed. He's, he's been rendered inoperative. He, he can't rule over the child of God anymore like he did when we were lost. And, and verse 7 is, well, let's back up and read a little bit of verse 6. And as we read verse 6 and 7, let's make sure, and this is something you, you probably need to take a pencil, paper, write down, even if you already know it. Wait till you start writing things down and watch what the Lord will do in your life and really begin a serious study on what I'm about to say. In the 6th chapter of Romans, the word sin is used 16 times. One time is it used as a verb, in verse 15, speaking of committing an act of sin, all the other remaining 15 times it's used, it's used as a noun, which speaking of the sin nature. Do you get that? The sin nature, that old man, that sin nature. And, and, and so let's read verse 6 and 7 again with that on our minds, and it doesn't need to leave your minds. You don't need to read Romans chapter 6 thinking that all the work, every time you see the word sin, it's thinking about, it's talking about you committing an act of sin. No, it's mostly talking about that thing that forces you to sin, the sin nature that Christ crucified at Calvary. Watch this in verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him that the body 
of the sin nature might be destroyed, rendered inoperative, idle, as Andrew put it, unplugged, that from now on we should not serve sin, the sin nature. Sir, until you're born again, think about this, until you're born again, you can't serve nothing but the sin nature because that's all you are. If you are a sinner on your way to hell. You cannot be, the, the old man cannot be saved. He cannot be rehabilitated. He cannot do a good deed. He has to die. That's why Jesus taught you must be born again. Who you are before you're a Christian is never going to heaven. Can't do a good deed. It's on, Paul calls it the sin nature evil. It's an evil. And, and here, he says that from now on, we don't have to serve the sin nature, verse 7, because he that is dead is free from the sin nature. We've been freed from the sin nature. You still have a sin nature. I know many teach you don't, but there's still a devil. He was destroyed too, not totally annihilated, just rendered inoperative, and, and stripped of his power of death, Hebrews 2.14, through our faith in the death of Jesus. So when you read in this chapter, you need to understand that every time but one, the word sin is speaking of that old man, that sin nature that became dormant, unplugged from its dominion over you, as Andrew put it, and Brother Larson teaches it well, that death changes relationships. We were married to the law. We were sinners. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5 that we were the darkness. And what makes dark, what makes the world dark is sin. We were the sin. Not just committing acts of sin. We were sinners. Yeah, and uh, you know, there's this chapter, this passage talks about us being freed from the sin nature because we died with Christ. And I want to give three different examples, really. You mentioned the attacks of the devil and uh, and also in Colossians 2, the Bible, Paul writes, talks about how the law was nailed to the cross. So we've got the sin nature that we're dead to. Our relationship is, is dead with the sin nature. As long as our faith is in Calvary, it stays that way. Number two, as long as our faith stays in Christ crucified, the the attacks of the enemy are very few. They can't they can't affect us how it would if our faith was not in Christ and what He did. Now He might attack. He I, I kind of worded that bad. They're not very few. They're just very useless. More useless to us as if our faith wasn't in Calvary. Number three in Colossians two. Uh, the law was nailed to the cross and crucified and all the ordinances against us. So those three things, as long as your faith is found in Christ and what he did for you, you don't have a relationship with him and the law. Mm -hmm. If you have a relationship with the law, you become a debtor to the whole law and you can't keep the whole law. Jesus was the only man that could do that. Mm -hmm. That's good stuff. You know, and again, you go back to that that death changes relationships. We were bound by the law. In all reality, we were married to the law, joined, couldn't get away from it. The only way we could ever get out from underneath the law 
from where only the flesh can operate, bondages and, and lives of horror take place, is, is through the death of Jesus. And, and I, I think we don't talk near enough about identification and substitution. Uh, there's only been two men that represent all of humanity. The first was, of course, Adam in the Garden of Eden. Uh, God uh, formed him of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils uh, life. And the Bible calls him in 1 Corinthians 15, 45 through 47, I believe, a living soul. He became a living soul. He's the representation of all humanity that's born of a man and a woman. He, he, he was not born of a man and a woman. He was put here, created in the image of God, formed of the dust of the ground, as the Bible teaches, and God breathed life into him, and he became a living soul. Every, every person that's ever lived other than Christ was born of that lineage. He represents all of humanity. Uh, so and, and you need, this, is, this will help you be equipped to, to help minister to people that say, I wasn't here, I wasn't in the garden, I wasn't at Calvary, I didn't have anything to do with the crucifixion of Christ. All of that is wrong. We were in the garden in Adam, if, and, and we were, listen, we were all at the cross, either rejecting the second, the last Adam, who's not a living soul, who's a life-giving spirit, but he's the last Adam. He's the last one God would see him to represent the whole of humanity. And he represented us as who we were as sinners on the cross. The only way out of the family of sinners where the sin nature rules, the only way out is to die to that and be born again in Christ Jesus, become a new creation. And that's what we're studying. That's what Romans 6 explains you, you are in the story. You cannot escape. If you're born of a man and a woman, that means you're in the family and the lineage of Adam. You, and that's why Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again to, to enter the kingdom of God or even see it because the old man can't see the kingdom. The old man can't enter the kingdom. And we've got to get out of the old man and the only way out is death. When your faith is in Christ, you die with Christ. Galatians 2.20, Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ. And here it is in the, the verse we're reading today. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. That old Curtis, that old lying, cheating, drunk, and that old thing that I was, before I was living for the Lord. Listen. It wasn't just a good thought to change and, and I got beat enough or I married the right person. That won't get it done. You've got to be changed from the inside out. You've got to know that when you accepted Christ, who you were died. Don't let somebody tell you you need to go sit in a room with somebody and dig back into your life way back in the elementary uh, years of your life in school where somebody might have abused you or cheated you or been ugly to you. The Bible says if you're in Christ, you're a new creation. And the Bible says, behold, all things have become new. And you have to begin to believe this and live by this. This can't be just another chapter you read today. This has to be something you know. You know. It means you're experiencing. That's right. That's right. That's right. 
Amen. So that, and that's why Paul says, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. And, and let's talk a little bit more about this identification. Jesus hanging on the cross is the last Adam. There's where he offers your all of humanity. Hebrews 2 and 9 says that Jesus, by the grace of God, tasted death for all men. That's where he laid his life down for all men. Forget the Calvinist, forget the predestination, false predestination stuff. The Bible says Jesus, by the grace of God, tasted death for all men. He had to. He was the offer from God to all men as the way out from being the old man into becoming a new man in Christ. That's good stuff. Yeah, it is, and that's the only place. Uh, at the cross where, where God reconciled man to himself. There, there will never be another place uh, offered to man for salvation. And there shouldn't be because that work is so perfect and so complete. It's, it's on us when we choose to reject it. It's not on God. It's, uh, there's never a lack of faith in, in God. It's always, there's never a lack in his work. His works are perfect, but it's always a lack of us. And, and I, and like we were just saying in Romans 6, uh, to be a, to be a born-again believer, you don't have to be you don't have to be able to have read Romans 6 before because I wasn't right. none of us were. Right. But to be able to live for God, to be able to continue in your faith, you have to understand and not only understand but believe the things that are written in this book. Right. Listen, why don't we throw this thought out today that if we didn't need to know what was written here, if everything just worked as it should and we just were holy and produced holy fruit and, and boy, we just loved each other and everybody got along in the church and my goodness, it all just worked. We wouldn't really, if that were the case, we wouldn't need, the Holy Spirit wouldn't need to have given the Apostle Paul these things for us to know pretty much the entirety of the New Testament on how to live, how to love, to have to be told to quit lying, put away lying, quit stealing, speak the truth in love. We we have to be told these things because just because you become a Christian doesn't mean you know everything. You have to hear these things, and that's why the Holy Spirit gave the Apostle Paul the, these these writings, this this understanding, this revelation. You've got to know this. Just because you're a Christian, don't mean everything's going to work out for you. The, the devil will still be allowed by God to destroy your life if you don't begin to walk in truth. He's allowed to do that. Uh, if we reject the truth of Calvary, it opens the door wider for the devil, yes, to even destroy the lives of God's people. The Bible, Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. The prophet there says, My people are destroyed destroyed for the lack of knowledge. And he goes on to talk about not the knowledge they don't have, although that can destroy you too, but the knowledge they were given and rejected. There are many today who are hearing the teachings of the cross and they are making uh, you know, excuses as to why they don't need to go back and focus on the sacrifice of Christ. And as they do that, they're rejecting the knowledge of God, the only avenue the knowledge of God can come through. Because just as Andrew said, you had to believe in Christ to be born again. 
to be saved. That's all you had to know is God loved you so much. He gave his son. He died for you. I believe that with my heart. And you're born again. But to live for God in victory, you've got to understand Romans chapter 6. You've got to understand it. I've heard a minister say, and I believe it with, along with them, until you learn Romans chapter 6, you can't be discipled. You've never been discipled. Discipled means you're in a place of learning. And Jesus said, if you don't take up your cross and follow me, you can't be my disciple, meaning you can't learn of me. To follow Christ, you have to deny yourself of what? Whatever is hindering me to keep my faith in the cross alone. That's taking up my cross and following Christ. And as we, as we read in, in this sixth verse, knowing this, again, that is an experience. Remember, Adam knew his wife and she conceived. Well, he didn't walk in, shake her hand, said, I'm glad I know you. We're going to have a kid. And he left and she got pregnant. No. There, listen, when you know something, fruit begins to happen. That means there's an intimate, there's a relationship. When you, you're, you're in a relationship with something, or are you in a relationship with Christ today that's growing? When you know something, there's been an impartation. And when there's been an impartation, there's a fruit of that impartation. You know, I, I like to keep it simple. If God's working in my life, then there's the fruit of God working in my life. And everything I think I know that's the truth, if I really know it, there's the fruit of my knowledge. Right. And, and, you know, when we talk to people, you see somebody in Walmart or wherever you talk to people and, and you talk to them and they just say, yeah, I know that, or yeah, I've heard that. That's, really, that's not what Paul's talking about. He's talking about, like you said, something that we have to experience. Mm -hmm. And, and you, you can't just... Uh, it, the only learning place for us is at the foot of the cross. If you learn anything uh, in any other avenue, looking at it in any other way in the Bible, or then, then it's, it's useless because there's no application. There's no way for us to apply it to ourselves. Mm -hmm. and, and the proof of what you just said is all in verse 6. Watch this. Knowing then, let's read it like this. If I know this, know what? If I know that my old man, who I used to be, that old sin nature, has been crucified with Christ, it's died, I, I'm not the same, watch this, that now, from now on, I'm not going to have to serve the sin nature. You see the experience there? If I know this, not hear it, not hear somebody tell me, not just read it, if I know this, if I, from my heart, Believe this right now. Believe it. I died with Christ. Who I used to be is dead and buried. And who I am now is a new man, a new creation in Christ. And you know what? Verse 6 in Romans 6 tells me that from that point on, I no longer have to serve that sin nature. Now I serve. Why don't we, why don't we look on over a few verses here, about 10 verses down. Verse 16. Uh, you need to do this when you're studying the Bible. And here again, Paul is saying, know ye not. Don't you know that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey. Whether it's of sin, the sin nature, unto death, that means keeps you separated from the things of God, it keeps you, keeps you separated from really fellowship with God, or of obedience unto righteousness. We're serving one of those two things. If we know that we've died, we believe that we've died with Christ, and more than, yeah, I believe all that. No, right now, from the heart, it's a daily, I'm dead, 
and I'm buried and I'm resurrected as a new man. The life I live now is by the faith of Christ. Hallelujah. Listen, if I know that and I'm believing that and I'm living according to that, then I'm going to be found serving obedience. That's the obedience of Christ unto righteousness, his fruits of righteousness. Or if I put my trust, not when I commit a sin, and that's important, we know that. That the people hear that. Not when I commit a sin, but when I move my faith from me being crucified with Christ, me dying with him, what he did there for me, into something else that I'm doing. Even if it's the good things of the Bible, if I'm trusting in something I'm doing, then my faith is no longer trusting in what he did. And then I'm serving that sin nature because it comes alive again. Sin does not... Uh, ignite and plug me back into the sin nature, what does that is when I move my faith from what destroyed it, what changed the relationship, which was only the death of Jesus. That's the only thing that uh, could save us, that it's the only thing that can keep us saved, it's the only thing that uh, whereby we have access to everything God wants us to have. Yeah. And, and I remember one time Brother Larson walked into our uh, Bible study on a Saturday morning that he was going to teach several years ago, as he does when he comes here. And he said, well, who all is free from sin? And the house was full of saved people early on Saturday morning. And, and everybody just sat there and looked at him. He goes, well, I'm glad I'm teaching on this because apparently y'all don't really know that you're free. If, you're, if you've been born again, that means you've been freed from the sin nature. You're free from sin. It, he didn't ask, is there anybody struggling with sin? Is there anybody got any sin in the life? Are you free from sin? And this simply teaches we've been freed from that dominating sin nature. The one that controls, the one that dominates us, the one that makes us do all the things that we did as sinners. And we just need our, our number one goal and object of every day is to fight the good fight of faith, make sure our faith remains in Christ and his work so that we can experience freedom from that old nature and see less of even the flesh working because Galatians 5 teaches that the, the flesh and all its affections and lust were crucified. Everything even of the flesh today. Anything you'd like to say? We're about out of time before we close her down. Uh, I was just going to say, just echo what you just said. Any Everything that we're struggling with that's not of God has already been crucified. That doesn't mean it's going to go away permanently. The only time we'll be uh, absent from the flesh and from the sin nature completely is when we see Jesus and corruption puts on incorruption. But until that day, we have an assurance that Everything was already taken care of at Calvary. If we're found in Christ, then we're freed from those things. Amen. Calvary covered it all. Praise God for that. We're out of time. Thanks for joining me today. Glad to have you home this week. And uh, we love you guys. And please help us share these teachings out on social media. They'll all be uploaded on Curtis Hutchinson 316. That's the YouTube channel and the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. Until next time, stay determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. God bless you.